We are live. What's up, guys? Uh, I'm Logan. This is Drew. Welcome to another episode of the Doctrines of Rad. What? What, uh, what, what is this? Uh, episode 44? 44. Yeah. 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 We've been we've been at this for a good a hot minute. Just yeah, we've been doing, dude. We've been podcasting for over a year. Yeah. That's, That's kind of weird, huh? Think about it. Yeah. Yeah, we, we've been we've been grinding as what <laughs> we've been we've been grinding so hard. We actually a year ago we had two followers. A year later we got three followers. We, got we are three growing. followers. <laughs> we're moving up. Uh, we're we're just you know again. Yeah. Wow. There it goes. Hello. There's that, that quality. Yep. What did you do? Logan got <laughs> the, it. YouTube's playing in the background. What up, Jeff? If you guys. Um, you guys probably don't know, but Logan actually got a new setup. He's got a new mic. He's got a webcam now. Like mm. he uh, he's got the earpiece like I do. Botox. Like, he got, got my eyebrows done. Cut my hair. I bought this shirt for this episode. I thought you were wearing a hospital gown actually when we started. I was like, yeah. oh no, is Logan back in the hospital? Hey, speaking of hospitals, um, so Ray Hand Roofing has a member of our our staff who. Um, she had a heart attack on Friday or something similar to, um, and it's going to have open heart surgery. So if, uh, the viewers and anybody watching can just pray for Miss Pam, uh, we'd really appreciate it. Um, which Absolutely. brings me to my verse of the, to lead us in man. So, uh, James one, two through four, this is a new King James version. It says, my brethren count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Bro, that's Our suffering been, is that's not been wasted. my life verse. But for it, because you you just been going through it. <laughs> well, you know we we've had some. Um, our our family is going through. My brother in law is going through some stuff, uh, and you know not not to get specific or anything, but that has been kind of the the main verse that I've been trying to encourage him with is. Look, man, and really, I mean, me too, everything, like all of these things, it's very easy for us when we get into situations as believers, well, just, you know, well, especially as believers to, to think, oh gosh, you know, these things that I'm going through, it's a result of some sort of sin. It's the result of, you know, some sort of failure on my part. And I think we, we often dismiss trials and tribulations as being uh, a punishment instead of looking at it as like, no, look, James says, count it a joy when you go through these things, count it a joy because God is using these instances, these trials to, to get you to a better place, you know, to sanctify you and, uh, and, and work out, you know, solidifying your perseverance. I mean, that's a blessing. I think I, as a believer, I think it's a blessing to, to, um, to know that the Lord is working something in me. Oh, I lost you. I don't hear you on the mic at all. Did you mute yourself? I did. There you go. Now you're back. I got a lot of background noise going on. Yeah. Um, fine. Kids, family, life happening. You know, it is what it is. You see, you see how that camera follows me, though. I like that, dude. You guys need to watch this thing live. If Logan moves <laughs> his head, like the camera follows him. Like, it's pretty neat. I went all, I went all out. Okay, I will be the next Daily Wire. We will be. I'm not trying to make this all about me. Yeah, it sounds like that was a Freudian <laughs> slip, buddy. Yeah. I will be the next Daily Wire. I will be. 
Um, the uh, you, you got to remember. So you got kids. Not I got kids. Kids in the background. Um, you got Jews spread out across uh, everywhere um, that are our believers. They're running for their lives. They're being hunted by Paul um, and the, the Sanhedrin. Um, then you got you know being hated on by other like people groups, worldviews, getting killed, kicked out. Um, so the, during these times of trials and these um, martyrs that eventually would occur with the whole Nero stuff and Roman candles, like we, it, it was like he was setting us up for, hey, this is going to come. Be prepared for it, right? And I will give you strength and you'll see the joy through it. And Paul, uh, James is just touching on that. Like, hey, count it all joy. If Amen. Jesus suffered, you'll suffer. If they hated him, they're going to hate you. If they rejected him, they're going to reject you um, because you love me. In fact, if That's... you're not suffering and you're not being rejected, I would be, uh, I would say that you're living a very passively Christian life. Right. Yeah. Like, or at least complacent, right? Like maybe, maybe you truly love and trust in Jesus, but you just, you, you're wasting it. You know, it's just, it's wasted. Um, and I, I, I wouldn't want that for anybody. So I think about, for that verse, I think about COVID. I think about the the last three years that our country and, and well, the rest of the world really had to go through. Um, we 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 have one of two options when we think about COVID. We look at it as just this horrendous thing, and you know, uh, this awful instance that happened, and there's no good to come out of it. It was just bad. Whether you subscribe to the narrative or not, like you you can easily kind of count that all as being some sort of a curse, you know, like saying it's God's judgment, which I do think that that plays a role. But when I think about the the blessings that have come through it, I mean, I know I, I for one, stripped a lot of, like the Lord stripped a lot of idols out of my life. Um, hope in the governmental system, the processes, hope in the healthcare system, hope in anything other than him. You know, hope in in things that can't bring life and can't uh, bring us resolve. And so uh, I'm very grateful for what happened in the last three years. Yeah, it was a trial and it was a struggle to. Right. We should be grateful, right? Because in suffering, we grow. Right. Without any kind of suffering, there's no growth. You know, and people want to shy away from it or like, you know, the, the, the argument like, oh, if that child comes, I have to abort this child because if it comes into this world, it could suffer. Good. Right. Right, good. That makes that makes character. That's a child with character. Like no no kid should starve. Right. No no kid should starve to death. No kid should, you know, have to face his face, you know, sexual assault. Right. Those things do happen. Right. And what do you what do you do with evil? What do you do with bad things that occur? Right. If yeah. if, if if Jesus isn't who he said he was, if he's not on the throne today, right, if he if he was just a man who died. A very gruesome death, right? Then what do you do with evil? It's pointless. Yeah, what do you do with it's evil? It's purposeless. When your worldview is that there is no moral authority, there is no creator, mm -hmm. everything's uh everything is mm -hmm. a cosmic accident. What do you do with evil then? I mean, that's that I think the onus is on those that have a, a non a secular worldview to tell us how evil exists. 
You know, what is and what is evil? How do you even define evil outside of what God has called evil and what God has called good? Right. What are what are some arguments? What are some things that you've heard people say uh, about there, evil? Well, so, you know, the whole, you know, atheists have the, the, the problem with evil, right? There can't be an all knowing, all powerful, all good God if evil exists. Well, what's the alternative? Right. You okay? You made the claim, but what's the alternative? There is no all powerful, all knowing, all good God out there, but evil still exists. It's tangible, right? So, so evil's actually not a thing, right? It's the lack of something, mm. right? Darkness isn't a thing; it's the lack of light. Yeah, right. Cold is not a thing; it's the lack of heat. Evil's the lack of God's goodness. Evil is the lack of God being present, his grace being present in that moment. The only reason I am not as wicked as I can possibly be is one, because God, I believe God has regenerated me to life, right? And he, his grace prevents me from being as bad as I could possibly be. It's because of him. Every day that I wake up, it's because God, and I know Jesus. Every day that I wake up knowing Jesus is because he's allowed me to, that he has provided me the grace to understand that. Yeah. So how do you how do you deal with evil then when somebody comes and they say, you know, Logan, um, you know, you, you talk about God, you talk about he's such a good God and um, he saves and all of this. But, you know, what do you how how can you believe that there is a God out there that loves everybody, but yet there is starvation, there is murder? You know, what are you I mean? Honestly, how often outside of social media, how often do you even really hear those those objections? You know, um, it's a lot on social media. It gets pretty pronounced. But what is what's your response? Do you ask them questions? Do you um, do you help them to think through the process? Yeah. Yeah. So first, the, the first question I normally pose is what I just said. Right. What's the alternative? Right. Right. Let's let's think through if there is no God, then what do you do with evil? Second thing is, you know, when I'm counseling or discussing or just kind of having conversations with somebody who's struggling, right? They got a serious event occur. Like, um, for example, um, multiple miscarriages occurring. Well, God must be mad at me or God must hate me because he won't allow me to have a child. Right. That's a painful thing for somebody to go through that, you know, truly wants a child or somebody that's barren really wants a child and it's not in the cards for him. Right. right. Um, what do you, what do you do with that? Um, perspective, Right. I, I tell this story because it, it helped me through my miscarriages. Um, my, my, and my wife got the worst of it, right? Like she felt like it was her fault. Oh, sure. my, my, so there was a moment. My wife was miserable in her pregnancy uh, in 2021 of March of 2021. Okay. Um, and she was so miserable that she yelled at me. <laughs> we, were, we were in a, like a, a disagreement and she just kind of yelled at, she said, I wish I wasn't pregnant. Cause she was throwing up. She was sick. Two days later, we lost the baby. Wow. She felt horrible. Right. Like she, she kind of like, Oh, that I did that. I caused that. When in reality she didn't, right. The bot, her body knew there was something wrong. Oftentimes that's the body's way of expelling um, a child that has some kind of disability occurring. Right. It's natural. Um, but I tell the story because because of that, that was hard for us to have back-to-back -back miscarriages. And I tell the story about this one time I heard on the radio a pastor say, and all, all, I'm saying all this to show the perspective, right, of evil. 
a pastor say that he walked away from the faith because he held his child for two minutes and then she passed away after birth and it crushed him. A year later, he's like hashing this back out with God. He's still struggling. And he asked her, what, you know, why did you make her for two minutes? And he said, as if God opened his heart and spoke directly to him and said, I didn't create her for two minutes. I created her for eternity. Amen. All right. So when we have eternal mindsets, when our mind is focused on the kingdom of God and not this world, because this is not our home, we're just passing through. Right. When we are focused on the kingdom to come, when we know we have eternal life, when we know we want to just live the life we can for the Lord, for Christ to the fullest without wasting it. We kind of change the way we think about, you know, shortcomings and things that, you know, are, are true struggles in our lives. Uh, now, it's, people say oftentimes I've had the critic tell me like, well, that's easy for you to say in your, you know, living in America and, you know, having having a job and being white in America. Right. Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard I've heard it all. Right. Um, but I mean, the reality is, is still like some somebody has it better than me and still is suffering, you know. They're still not. Yeah, there's happy. always somebody that has it better than you, and there's always somebody that's suffering worse than you. Every yeah. every person on the planet. So sh showing perspective, showing how there's a light at the end of the tubble, tunnel, excuse me, and oftentimes reminding people that if you can use this wickedness that's happened in your life for good, you know, um, when I'm talking to people who have gone through sexual assault, it's like, how are you going to keep that from destroying you, and how can you not waste it? How can you not waste your suffering specifically, right? There is somebody out there right now who is having the same thing that happened to you happen to them. Yeah. Are you going to be there for them? Are you going to be there to counsel them? Are you going to be there to just be a shoulder to cry on? Are you going to tell them about Jesus? Because he, out of all the wickedness that occurs, God still heals, right? He may not fix the problem like directly, Right, a hurricane comes through and destroys a bunch of stuff, and you don't get your house back. But I mean, he's still healing you because he's not worried about material possessions. He's not worried about you know if growing your limb, your arm back. Right, you got an amputated arm. He's not worried about that. He's worried about your soul. Don't tell Todd White that. Yeah. <laughs> he likes to grow them legs, man. Oh grow man, those legs. legs, those legs are short, and then they're they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're hold on, just an inch shorter. Yeah. Then they come out an inch taller. Man, I, wonder, I wonder if he's ever been accused of growing it too long where it's like, bam, it's like, oh, yeah, what'd you do? Yeah. When is that? When has that uh, happened or occurred? <laughs> Boy, what a, a he was on a he was on something recently and uh, I can't believe he's still around. Like what what churches are inviting this dude to their church? Oh, uh, you know, the same prosperity churches that he's always been. It's just yeah. the same tour over and over, probably. Yeah. So, yeah, so making his rounds. <laughs> <laughs> but. So, so you have like a tragedy that occurs. You got to put, you got to one, what's the alternative, right? If, I, if I'm dying of cancer and it's purposeless and I'm just dying and I'm not going anywhere and nothing's happening, that's a pretty hopeless place to be. And it's, that's hopelessness. Perspective, you know, well, you know, dying of cancer at 32. Well, at least I got 32 years. Right. Right? At least I did this along the way. Right? People forget about that stuff. And then, um, Keep rem remaining a kingdom focused mindset, right? Yeah. Um, wow, I drew a blank on my my uh, my fourth fourth point there. Give me a second to come back at it. <laughs> yeah, well, while you're talking about, you know, I'll say from a personal experience with uh, suffering from pretty crippling anxiety 
uh, a lot of my adult life. I mean, really looking back, you know, I can kind of trace some of that anxiety to my, um, my childhood, my parents' divorce, the death, the death of my stepfather, the things that I had to, to go through there. You know, I, I had, and I've talked about this before on the podcast. I, I had, uh, I, I dealt with catastrophizing where I would take, no matter what the situation was, I would think been there and, and I still struggle. I mean, I, it's still a temptation to go there. Like, let me give you an example. Um, although it's gotten better and I've really kind of come to some good conclusions. Um, for example, you know, we sold our RV. It was a purchase that I had made, uh, when I retired, it was something that I was going to use for my job, uh, in my retirement job, which ended up not coming to fruition. But, um, the, uh, the lady that basically they owe us, they're leasing it to own. So they're leasing it for a year and they have to make monthly payments. Mm-hmm. And this, the 15th of this month was going to be their first monthly payment. But, uh, some, a couple things happened that has prevented them from making their payment. And they've been very transparent about what's going on. They, they were awaiting a big check. The guy is a traveling engineer. He goes to different states. He does engineering work or whatever, but his home base is here out of Missouri. So they they basically had a big check for him. They were supposed to send it to his address. It got sent to the hub of his business. And so if you know anything about banks and big checks, they don't clear the second. Like if you have a $25 check and you're putting it into your USAA account, you got 25 bucks that day, that moment, yeah. right? But if you have, say, a $5,000 check or a $10,000 check, it doesn't clear within 24 hours. So what my mind, what my catastrophizing, the temptation that I have is to say, oh, they're ripping me off. Mm. They're um, they're going to they're gonna steal my RV. They're mm. going to scam me. All of this. So my mind goes there. And that's, this is just on a microcosm level of what I used to deal with because – before it was, um, oh, my wife isn't picking up the phone. She's been kidnapped mm. and murdered. Yeah, you know, uh, my kids are gonna go to school, and you know, there's gonna be a school shooter, or there's gonna be a fire or something. It's like, uh, even even like I'm going to bed at night, and I didn't unplug the air fryer, so curling that's iron. gonna spark my curling iron. Yeah, for. That's that's how I went bald. It sparked up. Um, but the um, those were the types of things, and and they it would literally keep me up at night. I would get stuck on a, a thing, and I would just keep going over it, over it in my head. You know, how would I respond? What will I do? You know, yeah. all of this, and how would I react? Well, that did a lot of damage to me. It made me anxious and worry. And and I've kind of just come to the point now with the Lord is like. Lord, I've lived a, a, I've lived a wonderful life. I've, I've been blessed with kids. I've been blessed with a home. I've been blessed with a a job that I could retire from Mm -hmm. and a pension. It's like, Mm -hmm. I've, I've experienced a lot. I've visited, I've gone to almost every country in the world to visit. I visit, I mean, that's crazy. Like you've seen, you've seen his great green earth. I I really truly have. And it's, my prayer has more become, and I think that's why that James verse has kind of been my life verse, but my prayer has more become like, Lord, your will be done. If it's my time to go, it's my time to go, whether it's in my 70s and 80s or it's in my 40s. You know, I'm just, 
I am grateful for what God has given me. I'm happy for the experiences that I've had. And because he's been so good to give me those experiences, I can also trust that he knows when my time is up and he's going to be there for me because I'm going to close my eyes here on earth and I'm going to open my eyes before him in heaven. So that brings me peace now. It didn't, yeah, he didn't used to have that peace. And so, so why does it bring you peace, right? That's what I always like have to like drill into people that aren't understanding like how you can have joy in certain things. Um, how, can you, how can you still smile to God? Boom. Right. Cause you have, you have, a, you have a value on the cross. It's not you. You're not complacent about it. You know what happened. You, you, he is your redeemer. You know, this is not your home. You have been given a promise of, of a life to come. And that gives you strength in this, that, and you know that he's God. Like, right. Hey, you know what? You got me. You work all things for the good of those who are called according to your will. Right. See, so so plus he's warned you. He's promised. He's promised suffering to live is to suffer. Right. Right. So for, for example, all right, Romans five, three, four. So not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. It's necessary for the life of the believer to go through trials and to go through through different things that cause them stressors and anxieties and over catastrophizing things so that we can take that knee, humble ourselves before God and, and, and put him above our worries, right? Put him in the place of where our worries are because our worries start to become our God. They become an idol, you know? Um, So for example, for, for Romans five, right? So, so like lifting weights, you can't get strong without your muscles actually suffering through the act, right? Through the, the, the act of exercise, you have to have it happen or there's going to be no growth. Similarly, your spirit is not going to grow without suffering, right? And going through it and relying on God, building your faith, going through it, relying on God, building your faith, so on yeah. and so forth. Sanctification. You're saying? It's a lot like, so when I play the guitar, you know, um, when you play the guitar enough, you start to build calluses on your fingers. Mm-hmm. And those calluses, they can look kind of ugly sometimes. And there's mm. pain. It, it, you know, there's pain before the calluses come. You can only play on your guitar for as, for a short amount of time when you first begin playing because your fingers aren't used to it. So it hurt. It starts to hurt. But the more that you play, the more those calluses grow, which produces your ability to play the guitar longer, without the pain, because your skin begins to callus over and and grow this coating. And so it actually is beneficial to go through that pain in order that you can be a a better, more, uh, more enduring guitar player. Mm, That's beautiful. That's right. That's exactly right. It's necessary. I've I've been reading this book. Um, It is called the rare jewel of Christian contentment. And it is by Hold Jeremiah on, you reading Burroughs. books without me? Bro, I've well you better catch up, dude. I be, I read books every day. You don't want to like do it like a, a book club and like talk about it? That would be fun. I wonder if there'd be anybody I, well, interested for, in doing a book club with us. You can't read things I haven't read. We gotta read them together. Logan, I'll be honest with you, I didn't realize that you knew how to read. <laughs> it sucks so much. <laughs> I just read. I didn't I just oh. quoted something. Well, I thought it was in symbols or something. I, I wasn't sure. 
<laughs> Wing dings. <laughs> no, I um I knew this, it was coming. This book is great, dude. Like uh it's an older book. The guy is a British gentleman that wrote it. So back when mm. the Brits were still Christians, um, which is like a hundred years ago. But the the whole book is focused on on contentment. It's it's focused on the fact that like things don't bring contentment and the things that we think that we need and want they don't bring us contentment it like true contentment is found in christ and and that needs to be cultivated by us as believers uh so that when we are without we don't give up on god we don't give up on life it's like uh one of the points he tried to make or he made in in the book very recently when i was listening to it is that when the Lord teaches us to pray about, you know, give us this day our daily bread, he's not, he doesn't teach us to, to pray, give us this day our week, give us this week our weekly bread. He's, we pray for that day. We pray for the, the sustenance, the support, the sustainment on that, for that day. We don't worry about the day, the bread that comes tomorrow because tomorrow itself, as Jesus says, tomorrow has its own worries. Yep. Matthew 6, I was just about to say it. So yeah, we we pray for for our daily bread. In in fact, that's exemplified in scripture when the Israelites were in the desert and God gave them manna for for food. If they collected if they collected manna for more than the day, it rotted. If they were greedy about it and they were collecting mm-hmm. and the only time that they could collect more manna was in preparation for the Sabbath, for Sabbath. so that they yep. would have sabbath manna they would have sustenance to eat on the sabbath so so he even provides for that he even provides for that and so look at look at if you if you just take the if if you look at it as more than just the bread but the things that we need to survive it's like why am i worried about a bill financial burden or a a future financial burden when i don't even know that i'm gonna make it to that day when the burden is due (laughs) like I, why, why worry myself over that thing that hasn't happened yet? I'm, Mm. I'm living in the day. I'm, I'm focused on the day the Lord has given me today. If you wake up, the Lord has given you that day and until he doesn't give you any more days. So focus on the day. That's such a, it's such a burden reducing experience because then I don't, I don't worry about the bread I'm going to get tomorrow. I have bread today. I'm good. Yep, it's and it causes distraction, right? So now you start focusing on the worries. So I, I met a couple today, and they were talking to me about the end times. They right, they want to. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, let's let's go through this conversation, right? Like, I mean, I'll, I'll I love having it, and let's talk about it. But let's. And my mother's the same way, man. She's always like, oh, the, you know, the end is coming, like this thing and that thing, and the, the economic right forum the for this was, and and I'm just like, why why don't we just focus on Jesus? Who cares? Like I, right. I, I don't care. It, like I bring the torture. That's fine. Like whatever. And she's like, "Well, you should care." And I'm like, "Well, I don't." Like, what about your kids? Oh, yeah. Hopefully, they know Jesus too. Can't can't make up minds for them. Like, I, because I I know I I I see the kingdom coming. Like I I see his kingdom. Like, kingdom I'm, that's what man. I'm focused on. Yeah. You know. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I get distracted with. I like gadgets like this, you know, I, I like, I like this stuff. This for sure. I, 
you know, it, it, that could be a distraction. I work a lot. That's a problem. Uh, maybe I work too much. Maybe not working a lot, but too much. Um, so, I mean, we all have our own our own different struggles. There's just like the end times coming. Mine's like, I want to go buy a new car or something, you know. In today's uh, market, what are you crazy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, dude, yeah. The, so the market, it's, it's definitely gonna, the end. well. That's another it's thing people worry about. They worry about the market. Wait till the election cycle starts back up again. Everybody shows their true colors about the things that they worry about. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having an opinion. There's nothing wrong with with being concerned about the presidential candidates. There's nothing wrong with that, but. Look, dude, like there was the wildfires in Maui. Aside from me praying to the Lord to help those people, what what concern do I have over the wildfires in Maui? Mm. You know, like you, there are people that are calling it a conspiracy, saying that uh, they're, you know, purposefully set, that the government is doing all these things. It's like, okay, let's just say that that's true. Like I had to kind of have this attitude towards, you know, before the election when Biden became president, Everybody's like, oh, he's going to turn the country into a socialist country. I'm like, and what if he does? Are you going to stop serving the Lord? Are you right. going to, are you going to, do you get to give That would up? suck you, though. That would it suck. It would suck, but do you give up? Do you yeah. just throw it? Oh, you know, like God is, God is still it, God, whether we are socialist or a democracy or whatever. I think it was you that reminded me of this, that when the, when the uh, Berlin wall came down, which way did the people run? Right. I think it's, wasn't it you that said that? Oh, that doesn't sound familiar, but I'm curious to know the ending of this. Yeah. Yeah. So like when, when you, when you're curious whether capitalism or socialism is a better form of government, right? When the Berlin wall came down, which way did the people run? The East ran to the West because the East socialism had them starving. Mm. They were dying. Yeah. And on the West, they were prospering. Dramatic yeah. differences. So, I mean, there's, there's in time examples for you. Um, you you can see the disparity between uh, North Korea and South Korea on the, on the, uh, on the frigging line. Like you can see the difference. Yeah. So, but again, it goes back to like worrying about all of these, these things that aren't happening or at least, you know, may, they may be happening, but do do you really have control if it's if it's yeah. as bad as everybody says it is anyway you don't really have control the the only thing we can do right so and i was telling i was telling this to this couple today it, it's the it's the church's fault right the separation right. of church and state is to keep the state out of the church not the church out of the state right pastors should be calling their political you know personnel within their district and state and even the president and everything above right that, hey, we're going to say what the prophet said and do as the prophets did. You are corrupt. You are wrong. This is yeah. not okay. Our and buddy. Cor- corrected our, through, you know, calling them to, you will stand before God one day. Our 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 good friend Mike Jones from Inspiring Philosophy uh, called Christian nationalism a doctrine of Satan. Did he? Yeah. Why? What I don't it? know. I think, I think maybe he's referring to those that are Christian nationalists um with the political slant of it you know the michael flynn's general flynn's and donald trump type guys you know that are uh talking about being christian nationalists but like you know like 
the type of Christian nationalist that I thought all Christian nationalists were, yeah. where it's like worshiping the flag in, in the church and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, that America is the new Jerusalem. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, no, like that's, that's the frustrating. I, I posted a, a reply on his Twitter. Cause I was like, bro, like, I think we have a very different definition on what Christian nationalism is. Like my Christian nationalism is calling everybody, including the magistrates to repent to trust in the Lord and that yep, we're going Matthew to, 28 and we, as the church are going to vote wicked leaders out of office. Like we're going to, that is what real Christian nationalism is. Uh, and we're going to platform those that, that have a professing faith in Christ. Not that we're going to, you know, say the pledge of allegiance before a Sunday service. Like that's, I get it. I mean, I get, maybe that's why he says it's a doctrine of the devil, but it's like, man, that's not really what, that's not what we're saying when we're saying we're Christian nationalists. Let's get him back on the podcast and we'll, we'll help correct his position. We'll just talk oh, to him about man. it. <laughs> I don't know. I hope so. That'd be nice if he did, but you know, I'm not on TikTok anymore. So you'd probably have to be the one to reach out to him. Uh, I don't, yeah, I might have him on TikTok still. Cause, I, cause my new channel, people, how's, how's TikTok doing? It's still wicked. Yeah. Still doing wicked things. Learning the new dances. Are there? Yes. Are there new? Um, have there been new Christian influencers popping up on TikTok? A lot of atheist influencers pop up on my channel actually, because I followed this like uh, Denny kid and Parker kid. Because um, I mean, this kid Parker goes live for five hours every single day to just say that God doesn't exist. Wow, that's a. Does- and other God? things like what's wrong with being <laughs> trans, gay, being gay isn't immoral. What's wrong with being trans? What was another one? Did, why'd you vote for Trump? Right. Um, it, it, divisive like backgrounds for him to get. But I mean, he has thousands and thousands of people watching this. Really? The kid just rakes in money too. I'm watching it. I'm just like, these dudes are just paying this kid. Yeah. So. Um, why do the wicked was... prosper? Oh, Lord. Yeah. I've been reading the Psalms a lot, bro. I, I really love the Psalms. I, I, I've always loved the Psalms, but now I feel like I love the Psalms. Like there's just so much, there's so much richness in it. Like I'm taking my time through it. I think I'm only at like Psalm 13 or 14. Um, but one of the things I'm doing is I have a, a journaling Psalter. Have you seen one of those before? Well, Do it's not a one? journaling, but yeah, it's definitely a Psalter. Oh, nice. Nice. So I have a journaling Psalter. It has the saw on one side of the page and it has note a note page, a notebook on the other side. And so as I'm reading, I can take notes and then I can like, what I do is I'll put like a little number next to the note and then I, I expound on it on the, the notebook side. So what I'm doing is I'm actually writing this and I'm going to, I'm going to go through all the Psalms, take all the notes, add all like little prayers and little tidbits of wisdom and things, link it to different scriptures that come to mind. And then I'm going to gift that to my son uh, on his 21st birthday. So I, I, that's I, awesome. I got some work to do. Uh, but, I really like that. Yeah. I want him to have I'm steal that. I'm going to steal that. You totally should. I, that, yeah. I don't tell you so that I can keep it to myself, man. I know. Thank you for, for being my, my disciple. <laughs> or well, my, wanna... my 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 apostle i'll be your you be my paul i'll be your timothy oh you're you're bald like paul so that works true true <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know if i ha- share the same thorn in, in the side that he does but um <laughs> you take a vow too a vow is that what you think his thorn is 
No, no, he took a vow to shave, and that's why he shaved his head. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, no, no. I didn't take a vow. Uh, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord willed it. So I, I, I went bald because the Lord said that was what he, what, what he wanted to do. Um, what do you think the, uh, what do you think the thorn in Paul's side was? I've heard people say it's his vision. Um, yeah. makes sense. Heard people yeah. say it was lust. Um, I, maybe that's that imprinting. Like- yeah, that doesn't like seem your accurate. biggest your biggest uh, problem on him. Um, is yeah. what, I was like, yeah, it's probably yours, right? Um, yeah, right. But I mean, I can relate to that. Like, I you know, um, let's see. I I think, and maybe maybe the chosen probably put this in my mind, right? Or maybe it wasn't the chosen that showed. The chosen this. is the thorn in my side. That's that <laughs> happens to be the act. No, no, it wasn't chosen. It was something else. It was a movie with Paul in it, and Paul kept seeing the death of, uh, or seeing all the people that he put to death. Mm. Like he would dream about it, and I was like, "Oh, that's a good take." That was the thorn in his side. So Paul is in. I thought the chosen only followed. No, no, no. Yeah, that, no, no. I was, I was mistaken. I don't oh. watch the chosen. I'm a, I'm a real Christian. Sorry. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding, people. It's a joke. I mean, I. I am glad that oh, I never stop. watched it. Oh, stop. There's nothing wrong with it. It's fine. I... I, I'm watching it pencil and paper ready for them to just like. Is that where you're getting? The... No, no wonder your th- theology is all messed up, man. Yeah, Hollywood. Just taking special. notes. Dallas Jenkins is a prophet. <laughs> Telling the future, man. Dude, Twitter. Twitter is wild, man. The, the people on Twitter that are. Uh that are against everything Christian <laughs> and are what, what, Christians what, themselves. What would be better <laughs> to watch, to watch the chosen or keeping up with the Kardashians? Oh, don't ponder it. The answer is simple. <laughs> I hate you so much. I mean, obviously it's keeping up with the Kardashians. You know that meme from Pam from the office? <laughs> it's the same picture. <laughs> I hate you so much for that. I've gotten I've gotten a softer man. I mean, look, I I don't watch The Chosen because I I don't I really do kind of I don't know that I'm like two CV crazy. Mm-hmm. I can I mean I've watched The Passion of the Christ and stuff. I I do feel though that uh, I just images I have a hard of Christ. T- yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. A, I I understand that conviction. That's that's yeah. a real that's a real thing. I get. I it. just I just don't want to think about Jesus presented in any other way than he is you know and mm. and i don't want to be thinking about jim caviezel or jonathan rumi when i'm thinking about my lord like mm-hmm. i'm actually more content with with having a blank space in my mind towards the lord because then it's you know it's it really it, i don't know it makes him more you know more glorious to me when when i don't know what he looks like it's yeah. um it's kind of a mystery, but it's not like, and it doesn't bother me, you know? Um, I had a, we had an interesting conversation. Um, we had a staff meeting at church last night and Ooh, it was I brought up. Um, well, our, our senior pastor, um, I really, I love him a lot, man. He, he's, he's solid. And, and I, I appreciate his, his positions on things. Um, we're, you know, we're, we are a complementarianism a complimentary church. Uh, we are not egalitarian. 
the I guess an issue was brought up at our church um, at some point about women pastors and mm-hmm. women leaders. Uh, and at first I thought, well, is the question like, why don't we have women pastors, you know? And I was, I would have actually, I kind of expected that that was the question. What the question actually was, or the, the, the problem was, was with the women's study, if, if they should study a book written by a woman who has been allowed to preach at a church, mm. that even if she's not a pastor herself mm. or doesn't call herself a pastor, but has been, has preached to mix audiences uh, or preaches regularly at a church and maybe isn't a pastor, but still preaches, you know, it's just like a, like a traveling evangelist sort of thing, right? Like a woman preaching. And so the, um, the, our, our church stance is that pastors and elders are called to be men. Um, we don't have our men. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. They're men. They're men. And the Bible is clear that a woman cannot, fill that role as a pastor, as an elder in the church, bishop, whatever else, you know, other things, essentially not, there is no woman that can dictate our, our doctrine in the church and in, in the way that the church goes, they can fill leadership roles. For example, we, um, we have a woman who is our children's minister. We have a woman, um, that does that kind of runs VBS. We, you know, uh, those sort of things, but there is, there is no woman in, and we wouldn't put a woman into a position that could dictate policy doctrine or anything that the church does. Um, however, we've, we've had, we've had women and it doesn't happen very often. It's only, in fact, it's only happened twice since I've been at the church. And although I don't really like, enjoy it like i don't sit there and be like oh i'm gleaning a lot from this uh the the circumstances around it i i don't really have a problem with she's the it, her and her husband are missionaries they're missionaries to russia our, our church supports them mm-hmm. and every and and their mother actually is a member at our church mm-hmm. and so when they come back and visit from russia sometimes they'll give us updates they'll they'll go up together as a couple in front of the church but it, it has been typically the wife that has been the one that has been the one talking, right? Like yeah. giving the updates and everything. And so it's never been like, I never thought it was an issue per se. I didn't really have like, I, I, I don't take that real hard stance. It's like, how dare a woman stand, even stand up there and speak to men? Like, I know there are churches out there that do that. Doesn't, um, doesn't a woman lead y'all's announcements? That's our pastor's wife. Yeah. Yeah. She, so, she does the announcements for our church. Yeah, there's there's some complementarian churches that would say no, 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 men, men right. speak on stage, right? Um, but then you yeah. got to ask yourself: then that means men only do worship, men right. only, you know, wh- where's the line? I think the pulpit's right. the line for me I mean, when you're preaching it, the word of God. I definitely think when it comes to when it comes to a, a preaching um, moment. When it comes to you know expounding on doctrine, expounding on theology, uh, if it's a woman that is there, for example, they had a woman. This was before I started going to the church, but she was a professor at a university and she was an expert on socialism. So they had brought her in to 
talk to the congregation on the, the evils of socialism. And, and so, and even, I know that even churches would have a problem with that because it's not expounding on the word of God at, yeah. you know, on a Sunday. So I feel like I've softened. I, I, I think, I think I would have a problem with that, that maybe yeah. not Sunday, maybe not the Lord's day, maybe a Wednesday, yeah. uh, maybe a Sunday night. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't, know I don't want to get too legalistic it. about it. Yeah, I, I think if it was a regular occurrence, maybe I'd have more of a problem with it, especially if she was, you know, dictating doctrine uh, from a, an authoritative standpoint. But what would you say to the what would you say when uh, I know a lot of uh, folks will say, well, if 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 it's a married woman and her husband is her covering, her husband is is her authority. So she submits to his authority and she's not acting in any sense of authority over the church. What do you think about that? Is there? Do you think? Do you feel like there's leeway there? Think about what though. What is she doing? But if she's like Priscilla Schreier, uh, Tony Evans's daughter, she's she's spoken um, to. I mean, primarily women, but there are men in the audience. Like, what do you think about that? Women teaching women, preaching to women. Sure, men in the audience. Um, I guess that they have a reason for being there, but if it, if you're coming to, if I, if I was a pastor of a church, um, you're not taking my pulpit. Right. But if it's just like a conference and men and women D are in yeah, the audience. Perfectly fine. Yeah. Yeah. For conference, men, women, you're, you're, it's a conference on marriage conference about love. Gotcha. Um, Lord's day preaching the word of God. Um, Conducting communion, I, there, there's so many the the ordinances that uh, occur. Like I don't, I so I preached at a Methodist church this uh, past Sunday, right? Um, oh, you did! Wonderful, wonderful experience. Where's Love the, the congregation. Is it huh? on YouTube? Yeah, I think it's on Facebook. Um, oh, I'd the, like to get it if you send it to me. Yeah, you don't want to see it. It's, it's yes, I do. <laughs> Um, I very much now. I very much do. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, so Methodists have their own liturgy. Liturgy that's different than what I'm typically used to at an SBC, right? Um, but right before there's a there's a woman who I, I love her to death. She's amazing. Uh, she she runs that whole church by herself. She's trying wow. to keep this old, small little Methodist church together. Probably five families go there. Um, they're, they're separating from the United Methodist Church. She 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 pulls everything out for communion, gets it all clean. She keeps the standards high, like, hey, this is communion. We're going to do it right in the Lord's house. Like she tries to keep all of the, the traditions of the Methodist Church together. Um, church was established in 1843, right? It, she's trying to keep this place alive. And she pretty much is the backbone of that church. Um and with them separating from the United Methodist Church, the pastor has to step down uh, because if he continues to preach there, he'll lose his insurance from the United Methodist Church. Wow. Right. But in my mind, that makes me go, well, OK, lose your insurance, man. Take a stand. Right. But yeah, or, that's crazy. You know, um, but he's older, much older. Um, but right before I preached, she mentioned she's like, you know, the world is changing. And, you know, 20 years ago, you wouldn't have had a woman preacher up here. And I just kind of just kind of stopped my bit my tongue and I was like, mm -hmm. um because I, I knew I know what Methodists believe right like they, yeah so I I knew what I knew going into this right um 
but I, I would love to have a moment just to explain like I, why I believe in, uh, why I have such a strong convention for uh, complementarianism over yeah. uh, egalitarianism. So um, if it's a conference man, yeah. If, if it's, if it's the qualifications were given for men and men should, should do those things. They should honor it, do it appropriately. Um, teachers will be judged more harshly. So like, let me ask you this then when like we agree on pastor, right? We agree on elder as men. Does that same qualification exist for someone who preaches and evangelizes? Yes. Okay. I'll I'll elaborate real quick. So if it's in, (laughs) if it's in a church setting in the Lord's house, Uh yes, you're coming in to preach. Um, If you're witnessing and sharing the gospel out on the streets, then that's the call of every person who's been reborn. So I guess I'm drawing a blank and and I could be totally wrong because I I didn't come prepared to have this conversation at all. Yeah, Um, we're talking about evil and it's completely shifted. Well, well, we are talking about evil, you know, (laughs) women and women in the pulpits. Um, He doesn't mean it. Eve was deceived first. So where where is the biblical qualification for preaching when it falls onto a male? Pastors and elders, I agree, and I also agree that elders and elders should be able to teach. So, yeah. where is the where is that male qualification when it comes to preaching the word? I don't think it is just male. I think it's a call of the believer itself and themselves, yeah. right? So, you know, you are the light of the world, right? You be like Christ. Um, go forth to be uh, twenty-eight. Go forth and right make disciples right it is our our job to share the hope that is within us everywhere have a defense for the hope that is within us so um there is a there is a setting at which we conduct sacraments or ordinances and Mm -hmm. perform like church is not for non-believers right Right. it is for believers seekers may come but i'm not going to change my service or in the Lord, I'm not going to change our worship towards the Lord because you decided to show up one Sunday. So you and would make, see what it's about. You would make the argument then more going back to all the way to the high priest role when it comes to someone who preaches on a Sunday. You would say they're fulfilling that same command from the Lord when He gave to the to the Levites, right? Under a new covenant, priest. yeah, establishment, yeah. So I guess that's the, yeah, that's the question then. Um, I suppose you can make that argument and that would be a solid argument, but I also think that you could argue against that in the sense of allowing a woman to preach that was not pastoring the church. If man, yeah, I, I guess not I'm if it was a Sunday. back and forth quite a bit. So yeah, not if it was um, a Sunday morning or a morning that the congregation ritually conducts religiously conduct because that's a sacramental thing okay as a whole like this is i don't care if it's a wednesday a tuesday whatever day that congregation gets together um to to perform worship as as a body of believers gotcha the, the the elder should and want he should want to take that role 
right? I remember, I was reading through Spurgeon's uh, lessons to his students, right? Or lectures to his students. Um, he basically flat out You're says- reading like, without me? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's audiobooks, bro. I know. That's what I do, too. <laughs> oh, see? None of us I mean, I read, read real books, too. I just, but I listen to a lot of audiobooks. Um, but he's like, do any, he changed the way I thought about this. Like it is, it is the role, like he's telling the students when you get up there to preach and you're, you're, you're leading that, that service, it is your job to, to pray. Don't call on somebody to pray. It's your job. Don't call on somebody to There's do something that do that. The pastors like call on people to pray for yeah. the service. Really? Yeah. I've never been in a church like that before. Yeah. I, so these are, there's a lot of little churches around me. Uh, that I've been to, but most of them are independent fundamental Baptists. Um, you know, they're like, all right, well, well, brother, you know, James, stand up and will you pray for, you know, the things that we've talked about today? Because, you know, it's, they're doing like a, a prayer request or a prayer list and like go ahead and pray over the prayer list. Okay. Um, so, I mean, they, that's how they're starting off the uh, the the service, right? Like, has anybody got gotcha. any additional prayer requests? So it's kind of an open mic at that moment. Um it, it, it they what's up guys their... how you doing here i'm just here to let, drop a little prayer you know open mic night <laughs> <laughs> i'm brother jim um, you know what i'm saying yeah i always sit to the back far left <laughs> by the window how many of you guys gassy, came here on airplane <laughs> um but yeah man they 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 have their own liturgy that becomes their own liturgy right that's their method um yeah. i i would still want to perform that duty that's my job um for to answer your question though, if it, if if I was your pastor in the role, and I'm just if this is something I I would ponder, pray about, think through, mm. what I think you guys would have probably done. Um, uh, would you say the staff meeting was yesterday night? Yeah, and it was more. It wasn't like a conversation because I'm I'm not an elder yet, so I'm not yeah. in I'm not in the the holy of holies making decisions for the church. You know, I'm just there as a staff member and as a kind of a elder in training. I'm, I'm hope, I mean, it, it, yeah. it hasn't been called. I haven't been called that, but yeah. I I've been affirmed that, you know, he is working me towards that. Nice. I love yeah. it, man. I'm so proud of you. Thanks, buddy. Um, the, uh, what I immediately what came to me come, came to my mind were two things. Um, consume the bad throughout the, consume the good throughout the bad right doug wilson says some things i don't really know if i agree sure, about sure rc sproul has said some things where i'm like oh well um are you sure like you know and i i respect the like the crap <laughs> i respect the heck out of uh uh rc sproul um yeah. john MacArthur. there's a lot of things i don't agree with him about but i oh, love yeah. that I mean, man his, to death. his entire eschatology <laughs> is, is <laughs> yeah. questionable but, I, but you know and so you know take the good throughout the bad yeah. um and or so with that book, right? If they're going to read that book as a group, um, take take the good throughout the bad. However, I, yeah. if if it's something that's being led by the church, like a, a church, like yeah. they're meeting at the church on a Wednesday night, that reading shouldn't be allowed. Because that woman is yeah. is out. She's she is in rebellion toward God's plan. Right, and that's I think that's just the there's just a lot to process in this whole thing because um, a, it hasn't been asked of me nor, you know, again, I'm not an elder. Um, I'm trying to work out my thoughts through this so that if, if the day comes that I do become an elder and I'm called upon to help make 
decisions going forward with the church. I want to, I want to have a solidified, you know, point to make a good argument to make with, with mm. uh, my position. But I'm also, I'm trying not to also be legalistic about it. Like, I don't want to be influenced by the nuts on Twitter that are, you know, that everything is, cr you know, crazy extreme all the time. Like, I, um, I feel like you've gone the, down the rabbit hole of it, the X rabbit hole. That's what it's called I, now, right? X. Yeah. Twitter X. Uh, yeah. I, I do feel like I've, I mean, I don't know. Like I haven't adopted anything new myself mm. from anything that I've read, but I have caught myself a few times being like, oh, should I change my, you know, view on this? Should I look at? I mean, I've I've definitely embraced Christian nationalism since I've been back on since I've been on Twitter. But... I think you and I both have. It was kind of it was presented the the, and we both had to take a moment to actually think about well, yeah, what would the nation look like if everyone actually believed? Yeah, Jesus and Jesus, for sure. and Jesus was at Zambia, where Vody Bakum like lives. It it is a Christian nation. Yeah. yeah the, in their constitution, you will love the Lord thy God, right? Like, there's no, there is no neutrality. This is it, or yeah, you Uganda can Uganda too. They they outlawed homosexuals. They're they're doing it all for the purpose of glorifying the Lord. Like Islam, they're Islam though, right? Uganda? No, not Uganda. I'm thinking. No, of, I uh, think they're um, Christian. Yeah, I'm thinking of uh, um, ah, Black Hawk Down. Oh, Somalia. Yeah, Somalia, Mogadishu. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're definitely Muslim. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I mean, there needs to be a lot of grace, like a conversation with those women. Um, here's here's these two views: complementarianism and e uh, egalitarianism. Okay, these yeah. are what these two things mean. Um, these are the the different views. Um, this woman is clearly performing this. If complementarian is correct, which this church believes, um. She's in rebellion to God's plan. Um, now that I don't, if she's actually pastoring a church and calling herself an elder and stuff like that, like, right. um, if she's just speaking and being a public speaker, I mean, those are different things. Yeah, but there's probably yeah. a wealth of knowledge in this book, you know, that's good sure. and has practical. But so does the Bible, right? <laughs> like, yeah, like the Bible has a lot of practical stuff you can read. Like, you don't need to go to, you know, no, and that's Joyce exactly Myers, right? But ten no, ways to live a better life. You're absolutely right. And I, I think that then then you have like some women in the church that don't feel like they – so they resort to these books because we haven't been – we're not discipling the women to teach other women. You know, like they're – if in some cases when they're told to, you know, sit silently and learn from your husband – how prepared are they to jump in and teach other women? They resort to these books that typically come out of an egalitarian background. Not not all of them. There are some great complementarian women that are writing books. There are some patriarchy loving women that write these books that would, you know, never that would only say, if you're a woman, read this book. This is not for men. This is not for me, you know, trying to teach a man thing. So I guess maybe the church needs to work on this in some ways yeah. to get women prepared well, to well, teach directly from the Bible. Yeah. But that's the husband's role. It right? is. Yes. Right. So the, all, the pastor and the, back to our fault. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. It does. I He ate the fruit, man. Immediately. He knew he was yeah. naked. Eve ate the fruit. Nothing happened. Yep, um, yep. But so I have a pastor right now. He is rebuilding his church. He's been doing it for about five years now and he's been just pouring into the men of his church. 
him and his elders and his deacons have all just been pouring into the men of the church. And he has seen the women move mountains. Yeah. Like they, they're, they're in children's ministry. They're, they're doing, um, you know, outreach programs. They just have boom, 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 because these men are pouring into them. I had a buddy of mine. Uh, he's, he's stationed in uh, like Korea right now. He accidentally, um, it, he accidentally sent me a text that he sends his wife and I, I actually read through it and it's like, Hey, I read this chapter that they read a chapter together. I'm assuming. And, you know, this is what I got from this. And then she uh, more than likely responds with what she got as a way of like ministering to each other while they're away yeah, and keeping, keeping each other accountable. So, I mean, it, it, it's our, it's our job as husbands to, to, to lead. Yeah. So it, it, it's necessary for women to get together and, and minister to each other. Um, and it's necessary for men to get together and minister to each other. Yeah. Um, and then they take that information and they go back home and minister together. Um, I heard a pretty wild take on Twitter uh, this couple weeks ago that women's women's Bible studies should be led by men. I'm like, I, th- I feel like maybe you've gone too far at that point. Like, I think that's missing the point, right? Sure. Like sure. it, there, there's a sense of vulnerability to talk about motherhood, being a daughter, being a woman with yeah, other being women, a wife. You know, being yep. a wife. Yeah. Um, and, you know, hopefully, you know, whoever's leading that Bible study, her and her husband are getting together and like, hey, here's some points. Here's some things I thought about. Here's some things you thought about. And they're doing that, preparing that ministry together. Um, yeah, I know that if my wife was asked to lead a, a study with the women she would for sure what you think here's my notes what you think she would well and because guess what when i'm writing a sermon who am i bouncing my notes off of i love that i bounce my notes every every sermon i will go through it with my wife and and be like is it clear can you receive from this is it concise uh where are areas that are not you know that are a little bit ambiguous or you know is there anything else that i could add that would that would really drive this point home. My wife is full of wisdom, bro. She she helped me with my with my last sermon, uh, with the the one I did on five feet. I read it to her, or no, it wasn't the five feet one. It was, um, the one I had did prior to that. I think. No, it might have been the five feet one. Anyway, she she gave me way more. Like I was even feeling like, ah, I, I feel like I'm not totally done with the sermon yet, even though I had written it and I was sitting messing around and I was like, I can't, I can't find, I can't, I can't feel done finished with mm. it yet. And then we, we sat there that night and I read her all my notes. We kind of talked about it and she was like, she said this and this and this. And, and I was like, all right, I got to go back downstairs. And I came down on my computer <laughs> and I just for another like hour was just, typing and then i had a complete sermon it was done that's awesome and i I felt like it went great so like that's the biggest thing i guess man is the frustration that i see that i just don't see the men now i see in our church i'm seeing a lot of the men standing up and and taking on their god-given roles and i'm 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 grateful for that but the church as a whole i don't see men leading their families and 
they're not attending church. I mean, we have that. That's the problem, I think, in our churches. Well, it, it's not just the church as a whole, man. It's a culture. Yeah. Right. Every every sitcom has the father as a is a is a baboon. The Homer Simpson. Complex. Yeah. yeah. That's the the Homer Simpson father. Yeah. That's that's not what that's not no no that's not how God has called us to lead our families. Yeah. Right? We stand firm on the word of God. We stand firm on the truth of the cross. For me and my family will yep. serve the Lord. Here's that line in the sand. So there, that's the perfect segue to not only close the show out, but to bring it all full circle back to evil. Is why is there evil in this world? Because the very first man didn't fulfill his God-given role to yeah. protect his wife and to remind her of the truth. <laughs> and because he didn't, we live in a fallen world. I can't, All of us. I can't but, believe you just pulled that together. <laughs> That's good. Oh my gosh. King of full circle, baby. That's, that's my title, but it is. That's what's, the truth. What's the democratic slogan? We're going to, we're going to back around, Bring, come back, build back come back better. You'll come oh, back circle around, back. circle back. We'll circle back. We started an episode on evil and ended with women pastors. That, but yeah. I mean, that was a real issue going on in your church. And I think you guys will handle that with grace and love yeah, yeah. and just talk through it um, and give them an opportunity to, to see both sides. And then let let them decide. And then, you know, if it's something that will corrupt the church or cause confusion, right, the course. pastor needs to take a stand and say, hey, this it, like if this woman is not a Trinitarian and you're reading her books. Right. Right. Maybe. Yeah. You know, if she if she thinks Jesus was Michael, the archangel, we need to take a step back and go. Maybe, of course, she doesn't have the words of wisdom that you should be reading from. Right. Yeah. Um, I think people just get bent out of shape sometimes when things don't go the way that they think they should. And. I think we could all do better to have grace for each other. And, and really like, for example, like my, my wife has said, like, if they're going to, if they do a, a Joyce Myers study, that's fine. I'm just not going to go fair enough, you know, and because we're not pastors. Well, but I would love for her to explain why she's not going to go. Like you to know? the to the ladies, yeah. Like, hey, if y'all sure. are gonna do this, I love y'all. I just can't be a part of this because she um, and she would, and and I think that it would it would be asked asked of her too. But there was there's already been issues uh, brought up with certain some of the women have had issues with like Joyce Meyer and stuff, and so they've just decided to just for the for the love of the body of of the Christ uh, the body of Christ and the division, you know the wanting not to divide the body, you know, they, they've said, yeah, we, we agree. We're just not going to, we, she won't even be on the, uh, on the chop, you know, chopping block at all. A so, little leaven leavens the whole lump though, man. Sure. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just, I don't know. I don't want to be so legalistic about it. It just, it gotta I'll be tell careful. you, dude, some, some people, they <laughs> will, some people in my church will cling to, the Joel Osteen's, the Joseph Prince's, the Joyce Meyer, like they, they will cling to it. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what you bring to them. No, they're not listening. Though. And I just, it's hard to know, man. It, it really is hard to know what they're, what they're hearing because I think ultimately it goes back to biblical literacy. When you know the Bible, 
and you hear the things that some of these folks say, you realize that's not biblical. Yeah. The problem I think is with some of those people is that they say a lot of things and they don't always <laughs> expose their theology every time they talk. Yeah. yeah. I love that so, phrase you use though, by the way, like say all the things, just things being said, just things, things, things like they say a lot of things, of a lot so, of things, <laughs> a lot, <laughs> not, a tr- not, not truths, just things. You say a lot of things and, and, you know, again, if you, if you don't have your, the Bible as your foundation for the truth, you, you can just easily, you can hear something that sounds almost right. That's Mm -hmm. not correct. Mm -hmm. And do I think that we should go out of our way and hunt for these people and shoot them down? Uh, I don't know. I, no, I think that no, no, we, we should we, lead them in truth and go above and beyond teaching them scripture and teaching them the truths and the foundations of scripture so that when they do hear those things that people are saying, yeah. uh, they can be like, yeah, maybe, maybe not anymore. You know, you guys are like non-denominational, right? So like Baptist light. Yeah. So you just you do a sermon where you say, Hey, if you read Joel Olstein, you're going to hell. Okay. <laughs> Just, well, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So we and we wouldn't even be Baptist light because our our senior pastor came out of the assemblies uh, decades ago. He was ordained through the assemblies. So. Ooh, uh, how much of that is is he still assemblies? Oh, okay. Oh no, no, no. Because that's Pentecostal movement. Yeah, you know. that's. But Trinitarian though, Trinitarian Pentecostal. Yeah, definitely Trin. I mean, the. They're women affirming, by the way. The, yeah, the, the assemblies, assemblies of God. Now, they, ha- they have female chaplains. That might have been one of the reasons that he actually left the assemblies. Hmm. Um, I'm I'm not sure. I, I'm I'm having coffee with him in the morning, so I can I can ask him like, what was the main reason that you left? But I mean, we are we don't, you know, we are complementarian. We we hold to the biblical roles of of men uh, as elders and pastors. Um, we're trinitarian. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be at this church if there was like any of the any of the primary issues were being violated. I, I think we can have we can have discussions on the secondary issues. I would I think you can make an argument that it women preaching may be a secondary issue, but I'm leaning still yeah, more it's, I'm Yeah, it's a secondary issue. I'm leaning more towards, you know, the I'm almost like a full on like uh patriarchal type of dude, but I fall kind of in the middle there somewhere. No. Yeah. You the Christian nationalist? Yes. <laughs> yes indeed. Um I, I forgot what I was gonna say. I how do you how are y'all going to present with as much grace and love as possible, like male headship? Is it, is it necessary to present? Because as soon as you teach that and educate um, that there is a patriarchal like like formula within scripture, yeah. um, I, I feel like all that would go away. Like the the, the books wouldn't be a problem. Uh, the desires wouldn't be a problem to like preach. Oh well, I mean, I've I've had plenty of women say, hey. I have, I have a calling to preach right? or like I have a desire to preach. Like, well, not everybody gets to fulfill their desires, right? Like 
a lot of, I know a lot of men that have a desire to preach too, and they're not called to preach. Right. That's true. Like you, true. I'm sorry, man, you, you are disqualified. Right. So sorry for the noise. No, you're fine. Um, you know, I don't, it, I, I just don't see the, I don't see the conflicts in, in a lot of these areas because our church, I would say the majority of women that are at least have been studied and know scripture are happy to say that I submit to my husband, I submit to the headship of him. Um, most, I would say the majority of men that submit to scripture would say, I, I, I am responsible for leading my family. I, I, I'm at the door letting in or letting or kicking out the things that are necessary. I'm responsible for the, the comings and goings of my family. So the, um, the issue isn't there when it comes to submitting to the patriarchal figure. I think that um, they would all agree, and my pastor and his wife included would agree that at the end of the day, the decision falls on the husband. If, if there's a conflict of interest, the decision, the final say goes to the husband. Um, and in, in most cases, biblically, that I found as being married 21 years, my wife and I are usually on the same page with almost everything. I think there's only been a couple times where I have had to take a stand and say, no, we're not going to do that. And I can't even remember what the issues would be, you know? So we're always on the same page. So I, I don't know how I would present that because I, I feel like the church already aligns with that. You're muted. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little noisy. You don't just keep going. <laughs> no, you're good. And I mean, that was it. That that was kind of just my my point is like um they would say that in the instance of like a woman speaker she would have to have there would be certain things that would disqualify her in the sense of if if her husband was not a believer, if her husband was not her head and authority figure, so like they wouldn't they wouldn't endorse a woman pastor but if a woman if if a if a pastor who had a wife who was a public speaker that spoke at a church on a sunday they would consider that he was her covering because of his authority and his role as a pastor if um maybe she could speak if if the pastor of the church who was a man gave permission to her to speak on a sunday so it would all go back to it would all still revert back to <laughs> your camera is going nuts. It would all still revert back to the the pastor, the male pastor's authority and his permission to let them do that thing. Yeah, I would I would you guys are going to have to work that out as a congregation. Like what do y'all believe? And then obviously go to go to scripture and decide on is the covering enough? Um, right. Is the covering appropriate for this, for this setting? Um, well, the sacrament argument to me, I think stands pretty firm. Um, that definitely is something that I hadn't thought about before tonight. Um, but again, you know, one of the other things is dude, I'm, I have submitted myself to my pastor's authority. Um, he's been in the ministry for 50 years. He loves the Lord. I know he's seeking God. He's seeking the truth. Um, and so, for the time being, because I'm not in a place to where my opinion 
per se is being asked in certain areas. I'm going to submit to what he's going to, you know, what he's doing right now. And then when it does come time for me to have input and to, to make those decisions, then I'm going to come prepared and make yeah. my, make my case and make my argument. But because it is, again, because I, I do think it is a secondary issue. Um, I'm not going to break fellowship over it. I still want to submit to the authority of my pastor and continue to pray that God reveals it. God, God is the one that does the the knowledge and gives the discernment. I know. I, I did say like women in a pastoral role is a secondary issue. Right. Um, but thinking about it, like, I, I cannot. No, I felt like you said women in a in a speaking role on a yeah. Sunday oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A secondary issue. Yeah. Pastoral role, I don't think is. I don't think that's a secondary, and I don't yeah. think you were saying that either. Yeah, because I I would have to uh, like if this Methodist church, if I go full time, um, that I'm gonna have to let them know. Like I have this conviction. I yeah, need you to know if you guys scripture. if you guys agree with this or not. If you don't, I I mean, I. I I, maybe I can step in for a time, but I, I can't, can't preach here. Like, um, well, if you're stepping in as a pastor though, a pa- then pastoral, your, yeah, these are well, yeah. decisions let, now that you're going to, if they give me the out. freedom to do so, you know, like, right. Hey, let me, can we walk through this? Can we talk about this? Yeah. So, well, you're, maybe that needs to be part of the first conversation is, um, there are certain things in scripture that I find to be true. And these are the things like you, you need to have your own statement of faith. Like so, a church would have. Right. right. Like and, that, and that's one of the things I got to help them build. Right. Cause now that they're leaving the United Methodist church, they're going to have to establish a new doctrinal statement. Of that's some exciting, kind. man. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. That's, that's um, cool. Like that's a big burden, but in a good way, like that, that's, uh, that's going to be a big responsibility. I would just, um, maybe even consider them not calling themselves Methodist anymore or, you know, new Methodists or whatever, if they're building their own document. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know a lot about the like why the Methodists are called the Methodists. So, uh, um, so, um, wow. I just had a blank. Hold on. George Whitfield, John Wesley, Charles Wesley. Um, studied together George Whitfield realized that he was uh, going into the ministry without being a believer right? oh. and he was finally at a, at a moment in, in seminary born again so he preached in in Great Britain and uh, in the United States during the 1700s that he must be born again um, and John Wesley and Charles Charles Wesley I believe uh, put together a method at which they conducted their revivals and their their preaching Um and I mean, George Whitfield was there with them. Um, I've heard uh, several reformed believers say that the the true uh, founder of the Methodist Church was George Whitfield, not uh, not Wesley. Mm. Um, so they they were called the Methodists because they developed a particular method at which they um, went about sharing the gospel, um, and it and it it worked right. It sprung like wildfire. Um, they had a falling out over election. Um, John Wesley thought that a uh, election was a um, a doctrine of, of from hell, and George Whitfield wow. responds in a letter. Um, they asked George Whitfield one day if uh, they were they were like, "Will you will you see Wesley in heaven?" And George Whitfield said, "Absolutely not." 
he, he's like, absolutely not. He'll be so close to the throne of God that I won't be able to see him. Oh. So they, they with disagreement. That that still, came around a different way than I thought it was going to yeah, come. <laughs> yeah, and I, I planned it that way. Um, nice. But he, he, did, he, he did say that, right? Like he said, absolutely not. He'll be so close to the throne of God that uh, I wouldn't be able to see him. So wow. they still remained his brothers. Uh, there was a moment like in a dorm room um, where they're praying. And Wesley asked uh, Whitfield, did your Calvinism teach you to pray like that? And so like, I guess George like goes to sleep, wakes up, and he finds Wesley like asleep praying. And he's like, did your Arminianism teach you to pray like that? <laughs> so, <laughs> so like, I, I mean, cordial, different beliefs, still considered each other brothers in the faith. Um there, there's there's room and grace for us to to have disagreements and different uh, understandings but when it's yeah. something that threatens the foundation of 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 the gospel and scripture it's uh um that's where you have to take a stand right i i i, I don't know i'm 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 i have a conviction for compatibilism or complementarianism sorry um i i don't i can't can't be a part of it. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, I, I think I have the sense about me to show grace and have a conversation be like, okay, well, that's what you believe. Um, it's fine. And we can talk about it more. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. Most people call me sexist for that, but whatever. Well, you know, I, I think, I think our church is in the right place when it comes to the role of a man. I think we just probably disagree with the ability of a woman under certain conditions being able to speak to a congregation but in the in the sense of the role specifically that god has ordained men to do it is male and um i think the again man i'll, I'll keep saying the sacrament argument i think is good i think it's a good argument that i i hadn't thought of um and definitely be chewing on that for for a good while and maybe dive into that some more but um i'm a, it's just a it's a conduct of worship right like it's a right. there is a religious pattern and structure to how we perform church regardless of what your liturgy is yeah. um it's still a body of believers coming together worshiping the lord through through his word um yeah there, there's he's he paul's very clear right yeah. so Good stuff, dude. Well, let's let's go ahead and close out. We're an hour and a half in, so uh, you. Um, why don't we just close out with prayer, man? You can you can pepper some gospel in there, but why don't we why don't we close out with the? Uh, you want to pray, and prayer. I'll do some a quick gospel message. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Um. All right, guys. For everyone watching, uh, we always try to end every episode with. Uh, a gospel presentation or like a, just an explanation of the gospel. Uh, when we started this podcast, we realized that uh, a lot of Christians, especially the ones we were meeting, meeting on TikTok, couldn't articulate the gospel at a minimum or um, didn't know what the gospel actually was, um, but claimed to be believers in Jesus. So um, it's, it's simple, right? It's, but it's so, it's not simple at the same time, right? Um, but it, the, the gospel is the life death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The gospel is Jesus himself. He owns that gospel. It is his. You can't change it. You can't alter it. Um, it. It is what it is. Right? The word became flesh and dwelt among us. 
And the reality in our human condition is that we are separated from God because of our sin. And Jesus is the the means at which we can be reconciled to a holy God. And so he came, he died, and he was raised to, to, new, to life and ascended and is currently seated at the right hand of the Father. Um, and all it takes is a submission to his majesty as priest, prophet, and king over our lives. If you can do that, if you can repent of your sin and put put your trust in Jesus, you you will be saved. Romans 10 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now you could be saved, now you might be saved, but or you should be saved, but you will be saved. So I pray that for you. Man. And what was the lady's name from your work? Miss Pamela Heath. Pam. Uh, she's potentially going to have open heart surgery. They're replacing a heart valve. So I don't know if that's a cadaver or some kind of science. We have tube. people in our church all the time that have to go through a heart procedure. So I, I understand the it's uh, it's pretty common. And, and, um, and if you could pray for the whole Heath family, they're worried, right? Yeah, of course. So. Yeah, it's tough. All right, let's pray. Jesus, thank you for uh, thank you for this podcast and this opportunity for Logan and I to to come and talk about you and just to work out things that we're that we're going through or thinking about. Um, I'm thankful for this brother who uh, is willing to to disagree with me in in uh, in love and uh, even help me hash out things, and I can disagree with him in love, and uh, it's just a really awesome uh, moment and uh, an awesome blessing lord it's a gift to have somebody like that in our lives uh i just pray for uh, pamela and i pray for the heath family that you would just bless them that you would uh, bring them together stronger that you would unite them together in uh, in faith lord towards you that uh, you would use this opportunity to strengthen their faith just as we are reminded that you use that, you know, that we should count it all a joy when we fall into the di diverse trials and temptations, Lord, that all of these things work out uh, for our sanctification. They strengthen us. They give us endurance. And uh, I know that you let these things happen. Um, you, you put us through things that we are drawn closer to you, uh, that we are, are brought further into your fold, that our faith is increased. So I, I pray for this opportunity that uh, they can count it all a joy. And that, uh, that they can know that you work all things out for good. I pray for their stress. I pray for their anxieties and their worries. I pray that you would build up their contentment and uh, that your word would be so strong and solid in their life that they would just rely and hope in you. And Lord, of course, as always, your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, all right dude. Man. Episode 44. We are out. We'll see you guys next week. Doctrines of Rad is on YouTube. And... Uh, on Twitter, but don't go to Twitter because it's a toxic hellhole as well as TikTok. So uh, we'll do it so you guys don't have to. God bless you guys. Love you. See you later. See you guys. Love y'all.